Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hello, hello, hello. It's that witching hour again, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Any of you sitting down on whatever devices you're listening to me, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. i say that again. It's 347-637-3220. is a place to be if you want to talk to JT, The Master, and you know that would be me. We got a great show in store for you today. Name players went down last week. Some in some leagues, the the uh, number one pick never liked to see that happen. Well, we're talking about that. We're talking about, and I didn't see the fight. All I know is it came out as a draw. That means they want to make some more money and 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 bring up this fight again. I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. But it was a draw. I'd have to catch the replay on this fight to give you an honest opinion. You know, uh, I know this is going to be a tough fight for both parties involved. Um, it, quite naturally, whoever is watching this fight. And whoever betting, well, not betting, but rooting interest uh, you had, uh, you think you're fired to one. I can't comment on that because I didn't see the fight. Okay. All I know is it came out from what I understand as a draw. Okay. That means a redo. In my book, that means a redo. That means more revenue. That means people were going to clamor to go see this fight again because... Each one is going to try to lay claim, claim to fame that they won. And the only way to, to settle it is to have another fight. Round two to speak. All right. But that's enough of boxing. I don't want to talk about boxing. There's a whole bunch of fantasy football that I want to get out there. Hey, how about that Nelson Aguilar? I had a fuzzy feeling in the back of my head about it. I hope, hope you listen to that. But Nelson Aguilar had a pretty good day. Had a pretty good day. I even talked about a bunch of uh, tight ends. One, Austin Hooper. He had a pretty good day. Now, quite naturally, there, there's always been some bad and good in what I talked about. But those are some of the highlights right there. 
quite naturally, you can't predict injuries. And I really said, you don't have to talk about David uh, David, uh, Johnson because he's a no-branded start. Well, like I said, you can't predict injuries. And that's a big blow to a lot of people who had that either first or second pick, depending when you picked up David Williams, I mean, David Johnson. And if you were lucky enough to pick him up uh, three, four, five, it doesn't make a difference. He was uh, um, a pick to be cherished. And one that people thought that once they had this, they had a surefire, consistent guy that was going to score for you each and every week and help you get to that coveted playoff position and then push you quite naturally into a championship uh, matchup. Well, now you're going to have to work. You're going to have to put your skills on. Hopefully I can help you do that and put those skills to skills to work because he's going to be out uh, probably week 13, 14, somewhere around there, right around when the, when the uh, playoffs start. Hopefully he's back by then. And then hopefully he is David Johnson again. You know, because you never know what you're going to get when a guy gets hurt, even though it's not his legs, it's a, a wrist, which is, uh, if there is a, bet, bet, uh, a good injury, it's a good injury to have for a running back. You never like to have anything below the waist with a running back. Never anything below the waist for a running back. So it's a good thing that it happened, uh, a good and bad thing that it happened uh, on his wrist. And hopefully he comes back healthy. I don't think it's his hand that is his dominant hand. I'm not sure about that. But it's it's his wrist. So if he comes back completely healthy, somewhere somewhere in that range of a near Christmas, Hopefully uh, it helps you get your, your, yourself uh, that one gem that you need to get into the playoff. I, I, I was lucky enough, and not to get off on a tangent, but I was lucky enough, and I'm saying this sarcastic, sarcastically, I had six drafts. was going to have seven, but I only had six drafts. And even in that seventh draft that the league got canceled only one was I within the top five only one and that one was a number one pick and quite naturally I picked David Johnson how lucky can I be every other league that I had um, and the smallest league I was in was the 10 team most of them are 12 and two of them are 14 I had a sixth pick or lower meaning six on way down to to uh, 14 or whatever I think my lowest pick was 11 So anywhere in the 6 between 11 range Is where I was at in every league um, uh, And even in the 10 team league I had the, the ninth pick So This was my gem This was I was I was counting on In one league when I had the number 1 pick And what happens David Johnson goes down So now you got to work. Now, quite naturally, most people, because David Johnson was uh, uh, so durable, n- never picked up Kerwin Williams or 
Andre Ellington or the like, because they figured they got this number one pick. This guy is a a workhorse that, in quotation marks, never gets hurt. And guess what? The number one pick, now you got to scramble for a uh, high-caliber running back to take the place of him or try to weather the storm, and it's going to be a big storm because it's, it, it's in, in quite a few weeks that um, you have to uh, make up for. Can't totally make up for it. Hopefully you can um, mix and match in matchups and, and uh, wave a wire. Hopefully I can help you with that. But anyway, let me bring in my esteemed co-host because uh, uh, I know he, what, he, what he's looking for. That's why he dialed in right now because he's, he's looking for it. And that, that was my next thing on, on the agenda. And, and I, but before I do that, let me welcome Mr. Victor Gardner onto the show. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, brother. How you doing? Listen. I, I, I can barely hear you. I don't know what, what are you talking on, but I can barely hear you. Now I had you on speakerphone. Because oh, okay. I wanted the whole world to hear what uh, you were going to have to say. Oh, boy. Now, Come on, now, man. Is it really no, like no, that? No, 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 no. You hung up on me, dude. You hung <laughs> up on me and threw a fit. It is going yeah, to I be did. worse than that. All right, first of all, first and foremost, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Master Plan um, Sunday edition. JTATM Money is my right-hand man. And mm-hmm. uh, without him, Jeff Black, um, my, my shows would – Cease to exist or have a, a great following because of my schedule and what it is I do. So before I, I land base, because I am going to land base. I know you uh, are, and I, and I totally deserve it, and I admit it. Uh, I want to thank him, JJTM mm-hmm. Money, for uh, all that he does. And what I have to say, I don't want to endanger our friendship. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Okay. And Go I'm ahead. Give it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Today. Well, first of all, Chuck, safety guy, you're my brother, um, as well. I love you. Hopefully, you're listening in uh, because this is not going to be like the uh, Triple G uh, uh, Canelo fight again. UFC is way better than boxing because we don't have lopsided scoring like that, which causes terrible uh, outcomes. But I'm not going to jump on that today. That's not the sermon for today. The sermon for today, my brethren, before we pass the offering plate, is about how Mr. FSP was 125,000% correct when discussing the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep it real, Jerry. I think I only lost like two games from last week's predictions. Oh, is that right? Okay. That is correct. Um, so I was very on point last week. So if you took me to the window, you cashed out. Um, of course, Jerry did not because he, he called me crazy. He called me insane. He said, how stupid could I be? He said I was asinine and all these things. As I talked about, the outcome of Jacksonville versus Houston. And what did I say was going to be the issue, Jerry? 
what was one of the things I said was going to be the issue? Oh, you said the defense. I said the defense and the quarterback play. I said they're going to come out flat. Quarterback play was going to be horrendous. Tom Savage didn't make it past half a game. Matter of fact, I don't think he made it past a quarter. I told you, once you have Deshaun Watson inserted as your starting quarterback, the outlook of that team is going to be way different. You have a mobile, excuse me, a mobile guy who's fairly consistent in passing the ball. He's going to hit Hopkins, as evident of this past Thursday. Um, he's going to make your offense better. Now, think about it this way. Lamar Miller's getting phased out. He was almost out-touched, almost out-touched by the rookie, the guy that you touted. I told you I touted this guy. Doak Walker Award but, winner in college. This guy is a yeah. beast. He can run. He's got power. And don't, don't uh, discount his hands. And, and he can block. So he's got the, the total package. He just got to work more on his pass catching. But this guy is no slouch. His character uh, and off-the-field activities is what's keeping him from taking yeah. over that job yeah. from Lamar Miller. Yeah. So, yep. again, I saw it firsthand. Yeah, I mean, Houston is a team on the rise as long as they stick with Watson. And mm-hmm. I told you early on in, in the preseason when we were going over these teams, and I saved you about $500. I did. I saved you $500, <laughs> JT. I want you to re- I want you to repent and think about that. You need to give that five hundred dollars to the pulpit, to the church of Victor Gardner, because I look, saved you five hundred. Because you never would have paid me anyway. Look, you never. I made a com- anyway. look. Look, I'm gonna tell you this. I made a complete ass of myself last week. My wife even looked like to me like I was crazy, like she couldn't under- she she couldn't believe the way I acted, and I totally <laughs> apologize. It'll never happen to that again. I can't believe how I acted. And uh, um, I, I I stand humbled, humbled, what? totally. I stand humbled totally because I'm really ashamed of my. I've, I I can't I can't recall the last time, if any time, I have ever acted like that. Uh, I know I was passionate about my team, but I took it way overboard and got way too um, uh, emotional about it when it wasn't even necessary. So I totally apologize, man. I, I hopefully you accept my apology. Um, um, and and uh, I, I won't make my ass myself and call you call you out like that unnecessarily um, ever again. I, I promise. I, 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 I just I, listen. I, 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 JT, JT, you don't have to apologize to me. You don't have to. I'm being honest. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You are my friend. You are my friend, and I love you, literally. And ladies and gentlemen, I've never physically met this guy. Nope. In eight years, we've been doing shows together. Yep. I've never yep. met him. Nope. But I love him like he was one of my own children or my father children. or my brother. I'm older than you, man. I'm older than I, I, you. I just said, I just yeah. said father, you, you little Papa yeah. Smurf. But oh, okay. See, okay. okay. You're going to get me going. <laughs> oh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's going to be all show long. But <laughs> I'll tell you, my, one of our best friends in the world is Ricky, right? Mm-hmm. We had 
had a little fallout or whatever year it is for the past couple of years. I hadn't talked to him in a while. This year he's back in the league. Um, and uh, I love him, even though he left the show a while ago, as much as I love you, JT. Mm-hmm. And we all make mistakes. I I have made mistakes in the past. I have made mistakes in the past. Um, and I will accept your meager apology because that's nowhere on the scale that I'm looking for. But it oh, will come. Wow! Wow! It will, it will. It will be on a Taj Mahal scale. You know, Jerry World scale, <laughs> if you will. Dusty Rose, if you will. But I know what he, we're not here for that. But on nope. Saturday, it's, I'm giving you another week. I'm giving you two whole weeks to come up with a soliloquy to talk about how right I was, how wrong you were. So I'm not going to uh, take over oh, this show. God. Yeah, okay. Because you got to give fantasy advice to everybody out there. And I'm going to yeah, help out yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there will be a speech of how you did a jet-like move. You reverted to your jet like ways. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was and, that was <laughs> I'm um, really but, mad man, I, I after I got off like I said, my wife said something to me, uh, and I, I like, you know, I don't know what the heck got into me and I said, I I'm I, I can't feelings. recall it. It was uh, your feelings and I told and, you that on the air. I yeah. told you letting your feelings get in the way of making yeah. a a legit uh, breakdown of your mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's exactly what it was. I told you the Redskins were going to lose, and I told you how they were going to lose, and they lost exactly how I said they were going to lose. And I'm a devout Redskins fan. But I got to see it for and call it as I see it. And, yeah, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Houston's not going to win the division, but they're not going to be at the bottom like they would have been if, if they kept Savage at quarterback. They're going to be competing. It's going to be, and I'm telling you, if Jacksonville wins this week, which I don't think they will, but if they win this week, Jacksonville and uh, Tennessee are going to be fighting it out for that top spot. We'll see. I, 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 we'll I'm see. Just, I'm just telling you. I'm just we'll telling see. you. We'll see. All right. We'll see. I can only say I can only I can only say this that that um, the rookie uh, only passed for 125 yards, which is minuscule. In this today's world of uh, football, but it's something to build on. It's something to build on. Uh, quite it's naturally, op- excuse me. It's, it's the impact. It's the impact of the hundred and twenty-some yards passing and almost hundred yards rushing. Yeah. And the fact that you have a a star receiver, unlike AJ Green, who was complaining about his touches after mm-hmm. Thursday night's game, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. He was targeted, I think, about fifteen times. Yeah, he was. He he was. He was looking his way a lot, a lot. And 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 that's what I'm saying. Savage was not. Savage was, and when he was, he was trying to put it in places that was virtually impossible for Hopkins to make a play on the ball and do something afterwards. Or he was late. Watson or he was. was or, or he was late with the ball. And yeah, and that's yeah. key. I mean, because, you know, there's only a, a certain window that you have as a receiver with a DB that's trying to cover you or two that you can't be late with the ball. Otherwise, you're going to either get intercepted or the, the pass isn't going to get, get completed. So, Or you're going to get your receiver out there uh, hurt for, for a yeah. late, late ball. So, 
Yeah, I understand what you're and, saying. And, I, I saw it firsthand um, uh, in the first game, and then uh, I saw some of that with the rookie quite naturally. He had some good throws. He had some bad throws. But he got a win. It was on his 22nd birthday. Um, he uh, And he also scored with uh, an adult entertainer on his birthday, too. That was kind of in- interesting to see. Yeah, that was that 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 would caught me by surprise. He didn't seem like I should say he didn't seem like, but um, he seemed like a uh, um, how can I say it? A clean cut guy. Not to say that you know you're dealing with a, a porn star or something like that that you're not clean cut. But he seemed like he didn't. He's not the type of guy to go that route. But uh, it is what it is. So, uh, well, I didn't expect you to act like a fool last. Saturday, but you did. Yeah. So yeah, I know, I know. Let's get, <laughs> let's get, let's get to it. Let's get to it. First game up. I'm not going into any kind of uh, um, time order here. We're just going to go straight down the games. Uh, Arizona at Indiana. No, Indianapolis. Indiana. Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Indianapolis. I'm really starting off real well here. Uh, um, Carson Palmer. Uh, to me. To me, I know he he, he had a, a, a shaky start last week, which was supposed to be a pretty good um, start for him at Detroit. Well, this is the second game against a horrible, a horrible Indianapolis team that could probably, without Andrew Luck coming, is probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league until Andrew Luck somehow comes back whenever he comes back and uh, uh, puts his stamp on, on being the quarterback of this team. Um, the, the defense is horrible. Absolutely the worst, one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, and I think because of the vast array of running backs that are going to be trying to take the place of David Johnson, I'll get to them in a minute, that they're going to be passing the football. They're going to be bad passing the football, relying on, uh, Carson Palmer. So even though I think he's going to get only uh, less than 300 yards and one touchdown or something like that, I think he's an excellent play against Indianapolis Colts, even though it's a second game on the road for the Cardinals in this Bruce Arian offense. Now they brought back Chris Johnson, but the Bruce Arian has said that Curran Williams is the starting running back. I'm not feeling Curran Williams. I really not feeling him that much. Um, but he's a starting quarterback, so they're going to try him out and see what happens. Um, I know there's only one guy that's been here longer than the other two running backs, and that's Andre Ellington. So I got a funny feeling. In the flex, I got a funny feeling. And I had a funny feeling last week when I told you about Nelson Aguilar. I got a funny feeling about Andre Ellington in this game. Um, He's a pass-catching running back. I told you they're going to probably be passing a lot more than they're going to be running the football. Um, and I got a funny feeling in the flex that you wouldn't have, shouldn't have any kind of problem with Andre Ellington in the passing game. Um, and, and, and to me, Andre Ellington and Curran Williams, even though Curran Williams is a starting running back, um, are ev- on even footing in the flex, on even footing for me. Now, I do love because um, – um, and I'm going to go past Larry Fitzgerald. That, that's, that's, that's a no-brainer play for me in, in this game. Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald have a rapport with each other, and he's going to be looking for Larry 
uh, quite a bit. Home run potential. You don't have John Brown. He's not going to be playing. How about J.J. Nelson, who's just as quick, if not quicker, than John Brown for that big home run ball that Carson Palmer is, is uh, uh, in my opinion, noted for. In this Bruce Arian offense, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised that he gets hooked up in a long pass play, especially against this Porsche Indianapolis offense. On the other side of the ball, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the Indianapolis Colts and who, if anyone, you play here. Can can I give can can I give a little bit? Go ahead. The reason why I want to jump in before you go into it, because I knew you were going to say something like good luck for Indianapolis. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you're wrong about good luck. Uh, Brissette, or Brissette, I don't know his daggone name. Jacoby Brissette. Yeah, I understand understand he's going to be starting. I understand that. Now, and the reason why I say it's not good luck is because he throws a pretty good deep ball as well. Who likes, I understand to go deep for it? Who likes to go deep for him? T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. will have a monster game here because he's going to be one-on-one a lot with Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is a very good physical cornerback. He's no speed burner. If anything, Dante Moncrief is going to have to be the underneath guy and Jake Doyle. Um, now, will the line be stacked up against Frank Gore? Yes. Um, but that just tells me that Brissett is either going to run or throw the ball deep. He does, his in-between passing is not that good, and he primarily works out of the shotgun. So that gives him an extra second or two to, you know, peruse the field. He's going to need I it. I honestly believe, JT. Huh? He's going to need the time because that, that line is porous yeah. as hell. And I agree with you. I agree with you. But – I don't have any office winning this ball game at all, and I, and, I, and I don't think you do either. But I do believe T.Y. Hilton and maybe Jake Doyle are going to have pretty good games against a secondary that didn't look that good for, uh, against Detroit's receivers and were beat constantly deep um, and across the middle against Detroit. So I'm looking for the middle of the field and the stretching of the field to be used very well by Indianapolis. They will not win this game. And unfortunately, Seth Pagano probably is not going to make it past the, uh, the first five games of the season, even though it's really not his fault. He has to sure it is. The, sure it is. Well, no, the general, the general manager is the one who has to get a better uh, backup quarterback, right? The coach has to coach what he has been given. So if you give me Scott Tolzien – as my backup, knowing that Andrew Luck may or may not be ready for the first game of the season, that is not on the coach. That is on the GM. The coach did not draft the cornerbacks or, or defensive players. He might have had some input, but ultimately the GM and the owner made the decision on who to draft. Again, this goes back to the Bill Parcell saying, you, you want me to cook the dinner, but you don't want me to get the ingredients. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that Chuck Pagano is a decent coach, but what he's got right now, he's got a soup sandwich, and we know what that's like. You know, it's an old, okay. it's an army term, old army term. Mm-hmm. But that's all I wanted to say about that. And 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 you're right about J.J. Nelson, absolutely right about J.J. Nelson. I disagree with you on Kerwin Williams 
Because a couple years ago, when he first came out, you said this guy might take the job from David Johnson. Um, I don't know what made you cool off from that, but there's a good reason why Bruce Arians named him the starter and not Ellington. Ellington can't stay healthy, and Chris Johnson just got back. So Yep, he yeah, but he knew the in. offense. Chris Johnson knows the offense. So it's not yeah, like he's, he's, coming in, he's coming in cold and doesn't know anything of what's going on. So he knows You're the offense because right he's been there quite a while. But I think Williams is going to be uh, a good keep for this week and probably next week. Um, when you start seeing Ellington and Johnson get more of, of the of the touches um, from him, but uh, that's all I wanted to say on that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, another team uh, game, I should say, down in the uh, uh, Carolinas. Talking about Carolina Panthers hosting the Buffalo Bills. Talk to you first about uh, the um, <clears throat> um, the Bill side. Uh, Carolina is is in the top ten preventing fantasy points against the quarterback and running back. They're just outside the top ten in doing that against the wide receivers and, or a tight end. So, what's that say for the Buffalo Bills? Um, no Tyrod Taylor. I wouldn't play Tyrod Taylor in this game. I don't think he's going to have a uh, uh, a stellar. QB one type of game. Um, quite naturally, the two guys that I do think, or three guys that do do, do have <clears throat> have a good shot here, even on the defense, is is in the top ten or top fifteen. Is Lashawn McCoy? You got to play him. I tell you, he's a three tool back. I, I, I've always loved Shady. No matter what, you got to play your studs, and, and Shady's one of those studs. So uh, I see him get one of the guys to get into the end zone. And quite naturally, he's involved in the passing game either. So, to me, that's a no-brainer playing uh, LaShawn McCoy. Going past that, um, now, Charles Clay didn't have a bad game last, last week. Uh, didn't have a bad game at all last week. And um, I can see that even though Tyrod is not a short to media thrower, he likes to push the ball down the field, he did – uh, get to Charles Clay quite a few times last week and, and enough, and that uh, that Charles Clay is going to be a viable play against Carolina. And the only one I really like uh, besides in the wide receivers here, and he's probably a flex, and um, is uh, Jordan Matthews. On the other side of the ball, big, big talk about Christian McCaffrey. Well, I, I drafted Christian McCaffrey in, in one, not more than one league, but in one league in particular. Um, before the season started, I made a trade uh, with uh, with Christian McCaffrey involved. Um, right now, I had Melvin Gordon and also had uh, Kareem Hunt. So I took the shot and, and said, uh, "Let me trade McCaffrey," and in, and and he he was part of. Uh, what I traded away, but in return, I got Julio Jones. So I, I can't complain about that. And I don't think he's going to be used as much as people think he's going to be used, uh, especially in the running game, passing game. Yeah. So in my opinion, he can be an RB too, but I think he's better in position as a flex play because I think it's going to be inconsistent 
on how Carolina uses him. Um, they still got Jonathan Stewart, and Jonathan Stewart ran pretty well last week because he's got that added incentive. There's a few guys that got a rookie that's waiting to take place, take his place, and that's added incentive for that vet to put that little bit of more effort in there. And I think Jonathan Stewart's got the idea. In order for me to stay on the field, I got to put a little bit more effort in there. Um, so I also like Jonathan Stewart in this game because I, I think uh, Buffalo can be run on. Even though they are um, uh, uh, top five in uh, against the running back position, but you got two guys there that can be used in flex plays or in PPR, a possible low-end RB2 in Christian McCaffrey. Because Jonathan Stewart's not used that much in the, in, the, um, in the aerial attack. Then you got Calvin Benjamin, <clears throat> who uh, I think is going to be um, playing better, or Cam's going to be targeting more in the passing game um, as we go further and further into the year. He, Calvin Benjamin's mother passed away, I think, and he's dedicating this season to his mother. He's lost weight. He's a little quicker. Uh, he's a big, tall, rangy wide receiver anyway. And Cam Newton is going to try to get Benjamin the football as long as Calvin can stay on the field. And quite naturally, there's a no-brainer in the tight end position. He didn't do too much last week, and that's Greg Olson. All right, Victor, it's on you. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Jonathan Stewart has decided he's going to be Jonathan Stewart and run the ball. But the problem is Jonathan Stewart likes to get injured. So somewhere down the line, McCaffrey's going to be in line to uh, get more touches on that rock. I believe that you made the better – because we talked about that trade, if I'm not mistaken. You Mm -hmm. got the better part of that deal, um, getting Julio um, Mm -hmm. and giving up a back that has potential to be uh, the number one back but is not entrenched as the number one back. A lot Um, of hype. Well, the kid's good. There, there is no doubt that the kid is good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I, last week I was really disappointed that Cam did not get the ball to Greg Olson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. think about it. Cam only threw two passes the whole preseason, right? So mm-hmm. what do you expect out of that? And who they're playing again? Buffalo. Buffalo, that's right. I, it's, I want to say something about Buffalo. Uh, you, you stole my thunder a little about Clay. I think Charles Clay is going to be an excellent play in this game because for whatever reason, Cook is not running with the tight ends as much as he was in the past. They're playing more zone. Um, but but uh, Tyrod Taylor is the sole reason why Buffalo won last week. He found a way to make it happen. Shady was kind of shut down. We talked about this, uh, I think, just before the season started, how the offensive line of Buffalo – was horrendous, and it's going to be tough for Shady to do all of the things that he's capable of doing, even though we both feel as though he was the number three overall best fantasy value uh, this year. Um, But Zay Jones didn't show up. Uh, He got some touches. He did. Um, And Matthew's got a few touches. But you're going against a, a defense that plays cover three pretty doggone well. Yep. And if Tyrod does not read it right, he's going to throw right into some double coverages, which he's prone to do, oh, and yeah. cause some turnovers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I, I'm still not in love or, or believe that Cam can do everything he needs to get uh, to get the ball all the way down the field and take a hit. But it's in Carolina, so I'm going to give the edge to to the uh, Panthers on this one. But fantasy-wise, both defenses are going to have good games. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, so the defenses are the ones I would play, um, along with the tight ends. Shady, yes, like you said, you got to play him. He's your stud. But if I had a better option or a better matchup, I'd probably look at something different. I really would. Um, just because of the way the offensive line is, and and the fact he's playing Carolina, pretty good defense. That's all I got, JT. All right, let's move on to Chicago versus the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are – this is their home opener. And people, I'm telling you right now, and uh, I have at least one team that almost all my players are in home openers, which is phenomenal, which is phenomenal for me. But the simple fact is this. Home openers, teams are hyped up, and usually teams that have their home openers play their best football because it's quite naturally it's home openers right in front of the fans. They've been comfortable, and and, and they're ready to go. This is one of those games. Tampa Bay didn't play last week. Tampa Bay and Miami didn't play last week. This is a bye. High expectations for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Hard knocks and all. Going against a pretty good defense when they played the Atlanta Falcons late last week, and even though they lost, the defense showed up. Questions on the offense with Chicago. Um, and that's why uh, I understand that Ty- Tyreek Cohen went off and came out or whatever you want to talk about. I don't think it's going to happen this week. I know a lot of people dra- quickly grabbed him off the waiver wire. Um, and, and, and inserted them somewhere into the lineup, hoping to get that, uh, ho- hoping to get the uh, chase of the points from last week, which you can't do. Um, and um, I think he's going to have a mediocre day. I don't think he, if he gets 10, 10 uh, fantasy points in PPR, that's about what I see, see happening. So if you want to use them, flex play. Um, but that's about it. Uh, there's no way I would even put him in anything, anything higher than that. He's a, he's a flex play, and he's a uh, um, shaky flex play, in my opinion. They still like to run the football with Jordan Howard, even though he's a little nicked up. Some player that, that surprised me last week was Deontay Thompson. Um, I don't think he does too much this week. I know that Mike Glennon was targeting him. Uh, when Kevin White went down, I told you last week, people, I told you last week about Kendall Wright. Um, after Kevin White went out, uh, he's the most experienced wide receiver on the Chicago Bears. So I expect him to get targeted early and often. And I also expect, um, surprisingly, that Deont- Deontay Thompson may fit that bill too. Um, I like Kendall Wright more than I like Deontay Thompson because, in fact, he's more experienced, and um, I think he can get more opportunities or targets, targets equal opportunities from than um, Deontay Thompson. Um, 
And on the uh, other side of the ball, you got to play Jameis. Jameis at home. Now, this, like I said, this defense is pretty good, and the backside of the Chicago defense is, is not that bad. But I like Jameis and where Jameis' head's right now, and, it's, and, 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 and I think Jameis is going to throw for three bills and a couple touchdowns in here. He's got a bunch of targets to throw to in, in different, different parts of the field. He's got Deshaun Jackson, who I think goes off – not goes off, but gets one of those long passes and, and for a touchdown. He's got uh, uh, Mike Evans, who they're going to be definitely keen on. But Deshaun – I mean, Deshaun – Jameis loves throwing to Mike. Tall wide receiver, loves throwing to him. He's got uh, Cameron Brait. Um, O.J. Howard, still a rookie. Don't think he's going to do too much. Most rookie tight ends don't do much in their first year. But he still has the veteran, Cameron Brake there. Uh, and he's a big, tall target and I, in the middle of the field and a safe target for uh, Jameis. And I, I, I love Cameron Brake in, in his game. I, I love Cameron Brake in this game. The, um, the uh, Chicago Bears are 29th in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. I love Cameron Brait. It, it, for some reason, he's on my waiver wire in one of my leagues, and and, um, and I grabbed him up. Plain and simple. Somebody dropped him, and, and I'm definitely going to definitely grab him up. So there you have it, Vic. Talk to me. Well, there's two things here. Uh, Chicago is in dire straits. Uh, Mike Glennon is not the answer. Um, Marcus Wheaton supposed to be the number three receiver. He's questionable with a ring finger issue. Yeah, that's why uh, I didn't say anything about him. And Miller is is his go-to guy at tight end. I think this is going to be a snot nose, smash mouth game from Chicago. Um, even though um, Howard is a little nicked up and he's you know been questionable all week, he's still playing. Um, and he's going to run the rock. And the problem that I see with Jameis is he has too many targets. And he's going to be loyal to Mike. He's going to make some, some passionate love to, to Deshaun. Cameron Brait, as you said, should have a field day. But you forget about the run game and the other tight end. The rookie tight end that's as big and as fast as a, as a wide receiver. Jacquez uh, is no slouch back there. Chris Sims, no slouch. So, and he's struggled during the preseason. He's struggled. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of screens and there's a lot of uh, draws called in this game for for Tampa Bay. But Chicago can't cover six foot five, six foot six, all day. They don't have anybody as fast as Deshaun Jackson. Um, and you got two tight ends that can kill you. One's a rookie, one's a proven vet. Um, and, you know, Jameis has been singing the praises of, of the rookie, so I know he's going to try to get the ball to him. The question is, how many opportunities he's going to have? Honestly, I think you get Tampa Bay's defense in this and playing. Yes, yes. You play Thanks. Tampa yes. Bay's defense in fantasy. Yep. Because Glenn is going to turn the ball over. They're not going to be on the field that long. It's going to be either sack. It's going to be a lot of punts from Chicago. Let me put it that way. Unless they run the ball 35 to 40 times this game. 
and with a banged up running back. I don't know how safe that is. And your backup's five nine, 150 pounds, shifty little guy. That's why I'm saying you might see some screens and stuff. Um, but I wouldn't have grabbed him off of, off of uh, a waiver wire just yet. Not just yet. Knowing his stature and knowing what it is that Tom, not Tom Kaufman, uh, John Fox likes to do, um, I leave him there for at least another week or two to see what he can do. Uh, Cameron Brait would have been somebody I got uh, as a backup to begin with. Um, but then like the tight ends have been doing that well other than Clay. So we shall see. We shall see. And Andre, not Andre, David Johnson just had his surgery, and I'm very happy. Uh, he posted a picture on Twitter. Uh, so hopefully he's he's back within the two-month time frame as predicted, and I can have him back on one or two of my teams. That's all I got, JT. Okay, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns facing the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore Ravens home opener. Home Opener is the theme of this show. Home openers. This this defense this defense didn't allow a touchdown in the preseason and quite naturally yes last week. Hasn't allowed a touchdown. Number one, preventing fantasy points right now, even though it's one game, the quarterback position. Number seven against the running back and wide receiver. Number two against the tight end. Number two against the tight end. That means Isaiah Crowell, good luck. Duke Johnson, good luck. Kenny Britton, who's already being questioned by the coach or the coaching staff whether they want to be him to be the number one receiver or not. Um, how about Corey Coleman, who had a decent game last week? In fantasy, um, I think he's probably the one that gets the most fantasy points out of all who I just mentioned. Um, and uh, so it's tough for me to pick anybody on the um, Cleveland Browns with a rookie quarterback, which is going to stack the box and, and say, rookie, beat us with your arm that anybody in the running game, Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson in particular, are going to do anything. And with a rookie quarterback, with the defense that the Baltimore Ravens have been putting out and it being a home opener, let's move on to Baltimore. That's just telling you what I think. Joe Flacco, um, he's a low-end QB2 in here. Now, mid-range QB2, let me put it that way. So I think the, the Cleveland can be passed on. Um, they're talking about, uh, besides Terrence West, who I think is going to get a lot of play here uh, against a team that is, um, almost dead last against the, in, in the, um, oh, no, I shouldn't say they're number two against the running back, but I like Terrence West in this game and the big pickup, um, is Javoris Allen who, who played pretty well last week. Um, so you, those two guys are flex plays for me. I, uh, maybe Terrence West a little bit more because I, I think he's the guaranteed starter. And when I get down on the goal line, I think he may get the goal line carries. So he's probably one that's going to get the uh, um, touchdown. Jeremy Macklin, um, 
who a lot of people discounted, not me, because the fact is Joe Flacco likes to likes to um, uh, throw a lot of times in the middle of the field besides deep plays. And Macklin took one to the house uh, with a short pass in the middle of the field. I like Jeremy Macklin in this game um, as a uh, another flex play. There's not too many, and, and it's, this is going to be a surprise. I, I do like. I think this guy's coming on. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, uh, they they drafted him high for a reason, and he hasn't shown out too well the last few seasons. I think this season, even if he can stay healthy, Sharp Perriman, um, it's going to be a, a surprise for the Baltimore Ravens and people in the fantasy. So I like Rashard Perriman in this as another flex play, and I think you can play him confidently in, in here. Um, I've never been a big Mike Wallace guy, so I really can't mention you, Mike Wallace. Um, <clears throat> that's that's on you if you want to play him, but I'm not a Mike Wallace guy, so I, I suggest playing Mike Wallace. But I do suggest playing the Baltimore defense home opener, rookie quarterback against a not-so-potent Cleveland offense. Talk to me, Victor. All right. I will tell you this. Uh, the Sean Kaiser will be running a lot. Um, I know you said good luck with Isaiah Crowell and all those other guys, um, but this is the type of game Hugh Jackson likes. Run the rock. You run the rock against that defense, and you make them come up, and hopefully you're able to hit you know, Kenny Britt down the field in a one-on-one situation. But you make this as boring as possible. That plays into what um, Baltimore does anyway. But, listen, both teams have good defenses. Cleveland played Pittsburgh very well last week, very well, to the point where they were still in that game, to, I believe, the last drive, if I'm not mistaken. But you got to understand something. Just think about this. Where did Pittsburgh play Cleveland? I got it. Home it. opener, home opener, hyped up. These I, guys were hyped up, and, and they still lost. No, I, JT, I got that. I got that. But I do believe that Cleveland is better than people are giving them credit for with Kaiser at quarterback. He's making mistakes, got it. But if they utilize his feet, he'll open things up for people down the field as well as the run game. Because um, Terrell Suggs is not a cover guy. Terrell Suggs is a pass rusher, but if you make Terrell Suggs have to take one false step or you make him have to think about his step before going after the quarterback, you effectively slow him down and make him less effective. That helps out your tackle. That helps out the run game. helps out the pass game. Um, now, their secondary, Baltimore secondary, is pretty daggone good. Now, I'm not going to lie about that. They're pretty daggone good. But they're losing players left and right on the offense as far as running backs. Like I believe Danny Woodhead had an issue. Um, he's, out, sure he's, he's, out, he's out a month or two. Yeah, so he's gone. Then you got uh, Javar, Javaris Allen, who's doing decently, but they didn't feed Terrence West enough. Um, listen, I get it's a home opener. It's also Baltimore versus Baltimore. If you know what I'm talking about, you'll get what I just said. Yeah, I understand um, what you're saying. So, I honestly believe this is an upset special. I really believe so. I really believe that Cleveland what? is going to – What? Ups, don't, don't do it. I know it's your show. 
I know it's your show today, but I will remind you on Saturday. Uh, I believe okay. this is an upset special waiting okay. to happen. Okay. And uh, I believe Cleveland's going to make it so nasty and dirty, it's going to be an old-school AFC North game where it's going to be run the rock. I don't expect a lot out of the passing game. I really don't. If it happens, great. But I'm expecting like 35, 40 touches out of the running backs. Um, I don't care how they get the ball, but I believe they're going to have the balls in their hands most of the game. Um, Jeremy Mackling, I like that play. I really do because he's good for maybe one or two um, big plays in this game. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think uh, Baltimore is going to pull out the victory on this one. Wow. Um, I think they're going to be surprised. Okay. But you're right. I played both defenses. Okay. That's all I got. So let's let's uh, move on to the uh, Denver um, playing the Dallas Cowboys. This should be a very interesting game. Landon Skandrick is out. That helps Demarius Thomas. I do have Demarius Thomas in a few leagues. So I'm counting on, hey, um, um, uh, I think Demarius Thomas uh, is going to do well in this game, uh, very well. I, I, and to tell you the truth, you know, um, I think that the Denver Broncos uh, had their quarterback. Um, I think they, they, they made the right choice in sitting um, the Paxton Lynch and making Trevor, Trevor Simeon the um, starting quarterback because he looked very capable, extremely capable last week, uh, getting the ball to his wide receivers and quite naturally uh, C.J. Anderson. And I'm telling you right now, people, Denver's got one of the most favorable running back schedules in the league including going into the play, uh, playoff fantasy playoffs. So if you got a chance to grab CJ Anderson uh with a trade or something like that uh before he actually starts blowing up I would do so. If he if you have a chance to perhaps and I'm not going I I love him like like he like he was my was my one of my sons and and Victor knows how I feel about this guy once I mention him. I love him like he was one of my one of my sons. And I love my sons to death. And I told you about this guy when he first before he burst on the on the, on this on the scene, the Jamal Charles. I don't think he's going to last the whole season. Um Devontae Booker, he's dealing with a I think it's a wrist or some type of upper body injury. I think it's got I think it's got to do a wrist you say, grab C.J. Anderson, you know C.J. Anderson's history, you grab his backup, and that would be, in my opinion, not Jamal Charles. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, on a majority of what your waiver wires, he's an afterthought, and Devontae Booker is sitting out there. I guarantee it. And when he gets healthy, Jamal Charles may have to take a back seat to Devontae Booker being the backup to C.J. Anderson because C.J. Anderson likes to get nicked up and hurt. And you want to be able to get the same type of results or close to it with Devontae Booker if he happens to uh, get that starting role. He's not the DeMarco Murray and um, Derrick Henry type of um, 
scenario, but it's not that far off. Um, it's not that much of a drop-off with Devontae Booker. He's got another year under his belt, and I think he's going to play better than he played last year. Anyway, let's move on. to I, I love C, C, uh, uh, C.J. Anderson in this. Um, I think that Dallas can be run on. I know that they're 15th against the running back position, but I think that the Denver Broncos can run with C.J. Anderson um, in a uh, sub role. Jamal Charles is going to be there, but I really like C.J. Anderson in this. And both wide receivers, uh, both wide receivers in here, um, um, more so Demarius because I told you Landon Skandrick is out, and I'm, um, I don't think there's anybody else that's going to be capable enough to stay with Demarius as long as he limits his drops. Um, which has been a big bugaboo for him. Um, but I like Demarius Thomas to get uh, um, five or six catches, about close to 80 yards, and um, uh, visit in, into the friend zone. And uh, Jamal, uh, Jamal Emmanuel Sanders is one of Trevor Simeon's favorite targets, too, when all else fails. So I would play Emmanuel Sanders in the flex. Demarius can be a uh, wide receiver one, definitely a wide receiver two in, in, in um, this game. And uh, on the other side of the ball with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, it's a no-brainer, in my opinion, playing Zeke. Uh, he shows up week in and week out. Um, Dez is going to have a problem in the no-fly zone. When he plays against top cornerbacks, Dez does not have good games. Plain and simple. I know that you may love Dez. You may have Dez as one of your main wide receivers. Just temper your expectations because when he plays against good corners, does not have good games. And the only other one, one guy that I want to – two guys, uh, both of them, one's in the tight end position, quite naturally, Jason Witten, uh, easy throws for Dak in the middle of the field. And Cole Beasley, when things aren't going well with Terrence Williams or Des Bryant, Dak likes throwing to Cole Beasley, and he always seems to – one of the – best guys are getting open. He's like a little water bug all over the field and he gets open. So I do like playing Cole Beasley because you know he's going to get looks from um, uh, Dak uh, in a flex. Talk to me, Victor. He's like taking all the glory for yourself, you little, you never humble. This is my show. Talking. This is my show. <laughs> this is what I do. All right, look. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to rescind your rights to this show. But no, um, Here's the thing, JT, that you failed to, to to mention, and I think it's very important. Okay. This could be the last game of the season or for at least uh, another six or seven weeks for Ezekiel Elliott. Because oh, yeah. Because come yeah. Monday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, the decision will be made whether he has to serve that six games or if it's going to be vacated. Um, <clears throat> so I look for him to run uh, the ball, but I think he's going to get stymied because uh, – Denver has a very good pass defense. Their run defense is underrated. Um, I really think that uh, they're no, – they, they, they stink. They, I should say, well, they, they're not good against the run. Uh, Melvin Gordon they, ran, ran they, all over him last week. Melvin Gordon ran all it. over him last week. And, and, I got it, it, that, and, he, did it, and he did it last uh, year too. So, go. And a lot, of, a lot of running backs have done that. I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. But I think <laughs> he's not going to have that big of a game uh, this time. Uh, Zeke, that is. Even though I think they're going to feed him, I think they're going to feed him, um, because I believe the numbers for Dak is 229 yards versus top five, top ten 
uh, pass defenses. 229 yards uh, is not that much in today's game. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Jason Witten uh, getting the ball because of Cole Beasley. Now, um, the person to play for them at the receiving side is Cole Beasley. Uh, they're going to try to get the ball to to uh, uh, Bryant, but just like last week, Janoris Jenkins got up in that booty, and Janoris is nowhere near what Tlaib is or or Harris is. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup for him. I, I just take him. I X him out. You know, get it, X. Anyway, um, as far as Denver goes, I'm, and this is going to sound really messed up for me, I'm not holding their pass game until Brock Osweiler gets in. Yeah, I said it. What? What? Yeah, I said it. I said it. The reason why I said that is because Trevor Simeon is not a good quarterback. Now, there is Brock. However, I do believe there's a better between Brock and Thomas, as well as Sanders, than there is with Simeon, Sanders, and Thomas. I do believe it's a better uh, matchup for those guys than it is with Simeon. And it was apparent in, in you know, Monday night's game, there were, there were some issues there that I think, Osweiler may have handled better. Um, so, yes, Simeon's going to try to go deep with Emmanuel Sanders a few times, and he's going to be able to hit it if he has the time and he makes the right read. Uh, Thomas is going to be your underneath guy, your slant guy, your dig guy, your out guy. Um, but who's after that? He needs to find a number three. He's going to have to. And so far, last year and this year, He's failed to do that. Uh, so I'm going to say temporary expectations on the passing game of, of Denver, even though the Cowboys have a poor secondary. Their front seven is pretty good at getting after the quarterback. So until he finds a number three that he can quickly get the ball to, I think Denver's passing game is going to suffer. And you mentioned uh, Booker coming back. I think Booker has to sit out six to eight weeks with his injury. Um, when he does come back, and if he's in decent shape, he is going to take that job from CJ because CJ will be nicked up. CJ is somebody I would not risk a lot on in a trade. If you, if you just need a running back, I throw out like a tight end, a top tight end out there uh, because you're going to get that about that much productivity out of him um, until Booker returns. And don't let the Broncos use your boy, Jamal Charles, in the screen game. If they use him in the screen game, it's lights out, party's over. So uh, that's my thought process. Um, I hate the Cowboys, but my decision is, is definitely not based on that. It's based on the fact that I think Denver is just the overall better team, um, even with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. So I'm going with Denver. Okay. Let's move on to uh, a game that I think is going to be, oh, my God. Um, it's, it's another, besides a home opener, it's a stadium opener for this team. Talking about the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Green Bay Packers. Now, if you have 
Green Bay Packers or Atlanta Falcons on your team. In particular, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery, Devonta Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Martellus Bennett, and that's just on the Green Bay side, or Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, uh, Julio Jones, and even Austin Hooper. Play him. Don't hesitate. I shouldn't even have to tell you that. You don't hesitate. Now, maybe the last person I told you about, Austin Hooper, you wanted to kind of like frown and say, who? Austin Hooper. Well, he's a second-year tight end. Didn't do too much last year. I think he had three or four touchdowns last year, if I'm not mistaken. Already had the long touchdown. Maybe he was on a fluke play. But Matt Ryan, he's got a lot of weapons out there, including one of them is this uh, very good tight end in Austin Hooper. And I talked a lot about tight ends last week, and he was one of them. And if you listen to me, he would have paid off big time, big time last week. Right now, in fantasy, I know it's only one week. And with the, he only had two, two touches. He only had two plays, two passes pass, uh, thrown to him, and he caught all two. One of them was a long touchdown play. He's the number one tight end right now. and That's going to change, but right now he's the number one tight end. So don't discount Austin Hooper from this aerial attack on both teams. That's going to happen, in my opinion. Now, quite naturally, they do have good runners, running backs in this game, that they want to probably try to run the ball. But basically, these two teams are passing teams. They love that they have quarterback, and they want to exploit the talents of the quarterback and the wide receivers they throw to. Talk to me, Victor. Well, I got to tell you something, uh, and this is breaking news to me. But uh, it's not about what you're talking about, and I'm sorry, but i got to tell you. It looks like Sam Bradford is not going to play against Pittsburgh. Okay. okay. They've already got the, the number two, which is actually the number three quarterback, warming up right now. But um, we're talking about Green Bay and Atlanta. You know the sore subject for me, right? Because I'm supposed to be down there right about now preparing for this game. Um, and somebody else is. So I'm a little upset about it. But this is oh, fantasy wow. gold. This is fantasy gold, ladies and gentlemen. You play everything except the defenses in this game. Yep. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Now, I told you last week, if you listened to my show, Saturday show, when Jerry cried and went off air, you know, then came back, still wasn't humble, I told you about a tight end named Hooper. I told you about him. I told you he's going to have a decent game. I don't know yep. how good of a game it was going to be. But I said the same thing. Game. I said the same thing. Well, I, I don't remember because you got cried and you, you stormed off. But uh, I still love you, and I'm going to nick you every time. Um, the guy had two catches, one touchdown, 128 yards. Grant is against Chicago. But I think Chicago's tight end coverage is better, better than Green Bay's. Uh, now, Aaron Rodgers rediscovered Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was not uh, 100% last year, but uh, that allowed Devontae Adams to step up. And look who's disappearing again. Devontae, 
excuse me, Devontae Adams, all those people that picked him as their number one or number two receiver, and correct me if I'm wrong, JT, Randall Cobb, I got him in several leagues. But Randall Cobb went like in the 12th, 13th round. Yeah, oh, yeah. So he, he was an afterthought. He was an afterthought. Exactly right. He's not that afterthought anymore, and he's not going to be an afterthought. And Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery is a very good play in this matchup. Why? Because he's one of those slender guys that has a little bit of power. Now, Atlanta's run defense is pretty good, but Ty is one of those guys that has deceptive power, and uh, he's got speed and he's got hands. You know, will it be durable for the season? I don't know, but during this game, he's a big play for me. Jordy Nelson as well. Hey, even Martellus Bennett. Martellus is a good play for me. Now, here's the other big play that I want you guys to think about. Mohamed Sanu. The kid can fly. And if you notice last week, Green Bay Secondary, they're several to the big play. So if Julio goes over the middle, Muhammad goes down the center or, or down the um, down the sideline, and Hopper or Hooper is is you know cleaning up everything mid and 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 short range. That leaves Devontae Adams. I mean not Devontae Adams. That leaves Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman to to explore many many avenues against the secondary and against that front four or front seven. Fantasy gold in this game. If you're playing daily fantasy, you need to stack up on these players as much as you can. In my opinion, it's a Sunday night game, correct, Jerry? Yes. Great time to, and plus you get to see what everybody else does. So, in my opinion, everybody that's anybody on these teams should be started and played. Dark horse, as I said this week for me, Mohamed Sanu, um, and uh, have have a good football viewing at that point. That's all I got, JT. All right, let's move on to Miami and and Los Angeles Chargers. Home opener, people. Another home opener. This is the theme this week. There's a lot of teams that got home openers this week, and um, I'm expecting big things for these teams that play well at home. And I'm thinking L.A. is going to play well at home. We got a Miami team that hasn't played. So just like Victor, and I'm taking, taking what he's got to heart, just like he's saying, Miami hasn't played in, really, the starters haven't played in three weeks. Three weeks. So you don't know what you're going to get from Miami. Um it's probably still in preseason mode, just like Houston was last week uh, with, without, you know, really doing anything. So, and they're playing on the road against in L.A. against the Charger team that um, breathed some life into themselves uh, playing against Denver, uh, even though they lost the game on a, a, a block field goal kick. Uh, or the opportunity to go into overtime with a blocked field goal kick. I'm loving uh, uh, Phillip Rivers in this game. I'm loving Melvin Gordon in this game. I'm loving Keenan Allen in this game. And now, does Hunter Henry bring about, uh, does Hunter Henry um, show up this game? 
or do we still think that Antonio Gates is the um, the main dog in his house? That's a tough dilemma to deal with. Until you see something different, I would keep Hunter Henry on your bench. I know that's hard to say because a lot of people may have relied on Hunter Henry as their, their number one tight end, picking him up, picking him up uh, relatively late in the draft, thinking they had a steal. But he didn't do, didn't do anything last week. I would keep him on my bench, try, try to grab somebody that you know is going to get more work um, and, and maybe in a better situation as, as right now until you actually see him. But, I, but from the tight end position, until he shows more, until Phil Rivers decides to go to Hunter Henry versus Antonio Gates, I'm keeping him on my bench. But all those other plays, I'm playing. Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm playing those guys with confidence against this Miami team that's traveling all the way over to the West Coast and hasn't played a game in three weeks. Three weeks. Now, what's what's, what's the deal? And I even would play the Chargers defense, the pass rush against Jay Cutler. Absolutely. Home opener, absolutely. Going to be fired up, ready to hunt Jay Cutler. Now, what, what would I play in Miami? I would play Jay Ajay. Don't expect too much, but I think he can get just about double-digit points. Just about that. I don't think he's going to go off. I think he can just do about double-digit points. I would play Devontae Parker, um, but – I know the L.A., if I'm not mistaken, I think the L.A. DBs are banged up somewhat. But I would definitely play Devontae Parker over uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, Not to say I wouldn't play Jarvis Landry, but I'm thinking that Jarvis Landry is going to probably play in the middle of the field, which he normally would do, versus Devontae Parker. Jay Cutler is a big wide receiver type of quarterback he likes to throw to. He likes to throw to big wide receivers, and Devontae Parker seemed like they had a rapport with each other. In the preseason, I think it's just going to be building, building from there. So my best play is to play Devontae Parker, but I wouldn't be surprised in PPR if Jarvis Landry gets uh, double digits and gets a nice dose from Jay Cutler also. Otherwise than that, what you got, Victor? I'll tell you like this, JT. You've got um, an opportunity here, and the opportunity is that Jay Ajay is going to go crazy in this game. Jay Ajay, mark my words, Jay Ajay has been itching for this game. So Adam Gase is not going to do what O'Brien did and come out and try to, you know, throw the ball and, and da 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 He understands Jay Cutler wants to throw the ball. I expect this to be, a, as you said, they haven't played a game in three weeks I expect him to get a ladder going. The only way to get a ladder going is to work hard and stay on the field and sweat. Translation, run the rock. You're going to see some short passes by Jay Keller. You might see maybe one or two deep balls because Landry is kind of, you know, nicked up. He's a little hurt. But you got uh, Kenny Stills, I believe, who's, um, you know, iffy at times with his hands. And Parker is, as Jay Cutler said, a bigger faster, all Sean Jeffries. So you might see a few jump balls that way. But the only way that's going to happen 
is when Jay Ajay gets that rock and runs it, runs it, runs it. I agree with you that this is a uh, good game for Phillip Rivers, um, mainly because I believe Phillip Rivers is one of those players that will definitely um, show up and show out. The difference is um, Keenan Allen looked good, but he's going to stay healthy. healthy. Stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. Williams is out, right? Ingram, or Inman, I should say, Inman is so-so. You know, you give him the ball, he'll perform. You, you don't give him the ball for a while, he kind of has the drops. But then when you give him the ball consistently, he performs. The problem here, that defense for Miami is just as revved up and itching to play as the offense. Ingram versus, I mean, uh, Gordon versus Ajay is a good matchup. I like uh, Gordon, but I think Adamican Sue's going to eat somebody. I really think he's going to eat somebody, and I do think it's going to be a tougher game than you have projected. They're going across country, um, which is fine. Which is fine. There's only 20,000 people in that stadium, if I'm not mistaken. They're going to, uh, to L.A., correct, or they're to Miami. What's that? Is this game in Miami or in L.A.? L.A. Okay, because I know the Skins are playing at L.A. too, and they I thought they shared the same uh, facility. But all right, not a problem. Um, I think that's going to be a bit of a problem for Miami, though. Um, but I'm going to tell you I think that uh, San Diego wins this game only, only because I think it's going to come down to the passing attack. And I don't think uh, Miami's passing attack is ready to um, be in full gear after being out for three weeks, essentially three weeks, uh, dealing with Irma and all that other stuff. You know, they may have worked out a little bit. They didn't do as much as as Houston did off the field, so that might help them, uh, along with Tampa Bay. But you're going to cross country, playing essentially a 9 o'clock game that's a 1 o'clock game, uh, it's it's a Charger type win, I believe. That's all. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Now, you tell me that he's definitely out. <clears throat> he he's not definitely, out, but he came out through the ball. I think he like threw the ball around once or twice and and walked, and then went back inside, and then the third string came out. And he's been practicing and warming up uh, and not Bradford. So, and the game starts in a couple hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay. he's well, highly questionable. In, in, in that case, in that case, um, they're playing in Pittsburgh. And what I've been saying, the theme of this show is, Oh, you're asking me? Okay. Yeah. Homecoming. Homecoming. Home openers. Home openers, people. Yes, sir. And this isn't a home opener for Pittsburgh. They played against a division rival um, and won that. And now they come home playing a Minnesota Viking team without starting quarterback. Now, without their starting quarterback, who played very well last year, last week. Now they're going to deal with their backup quarterback, whoever that may be. 
temper your expectations for what Stefan's dig from last week to this week. It ain't happening. Adam Thielen ain't happening. Kyle Rudolph may be the best bet of the Minnesota Vikings to play with that are in the passing game. Because the, the backup quarterback, and I don't even know who the backup quarterback is, to tell you the truth, but he's a backup for a reason. And the safest throw for a backup quarterback or for a young quarterback is in the middle of the field, short, the intermediate throws that you can see what you're throwing to and, and without any kind of <clears throat> uh, static in the middle. And that would be the tight end. So I, like, I really like Carl, uh, Kyle Rudolph in this game. Now, I know you probably have Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, but you may have to move them into the flex because I don't think they're going to get the same type of um, stats as if Sam Bradford was in there, who's a much accurate thrower, one of the most accurate throwers in the NFL, much less fantasy. Guys are going to get some heavy work um, to protect the quarterback that's going to take the place of Sam Bradford. Dalvin Cook. You saw how he ran for a record rookie uh, opening last week, over 120 yards. Expect him to get a lot of look today. Um, And even more so than if Bradford was in there for the simple fact is is a backup against Pittsburgh. Um, Some in some circles say the Minnesota defense. I don't think you should do that. Minnesota playing on the road. Um, they looked good last week against a uh, Saints offense that doesn't play well on the road. But I don't think uh, against a team that with uh, a Ben Roethlisberger who throws for over 300 yards and two or three touchdowns in, in home games that you would want to do that and put Minnesota out there and uh, um, not give you the decent points that you are looking for from Minnesota defense. And in that case, I mentioned him, and I'll mention him again, Ben Roethlisberger. He's home. He plays his best at home. He play him. Bounce back for Le'Veon Bell. That's no doubt. Um, Antonio, I expect, even though Xavier Rhodes is supposed to be on him, he, he burns everybody. He doesn't discriminate against DP, DBs. And I expect... Xavier Rhodes to go away shaking his head when he plays against A.B., so he quite naturally to play him. Um, and now you want, may also want to play the Pittsburgh defense. Since Dan Bradford's not going to be there, uh, you know they're going to um, temper the uh, – uh, uh, back off the defense, I mean offense a little bit from Minnesota and be more conservative. You play Pittsburgh defense. Talk to me, Victor. Well, I'll tell you, I think that um, knowing what we now know, it's it's not 100%, but it's looking exactly like that. Um, You might want to switch out your receiving core if you have Stephon Diggs or Thielen in there. You got Joe Hayden on the opposite side, right? Joe Hayden signed with with, with Pittsburgh. So he doesn't have the speed to stay with Diggs, but he can stay with Thielen. But can the quarterback read where to go with the ball? I'm going to tell you, I don't know anything about this guy. I really don't. Uh, But I do know that Pittsburgh plays 
a very, very nasty defense, especially mm-hmm. at Heinz Field. Um, and Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and the rest of those guys, they're looking for blood because they didn't look too good versus Cleveland. Yeah, Antonio Brown had like 180 yards receiving, no touchdowns. Uh, Le'Veon didn't do too well either. Um, but what I'm telling you is Minnesota's defense might be on the field a lot longer than it would have been if it's Bradford or uh, what's our boy, Teddy Bridgewater. Now it's the third stringer, who is actually now the second stringer, looking like he's going to be the starter. So I see a lot of three and outs. Even though it's going to be running the rock, they're going to stack up against him and have this quarterback beat them. Yep. That's what I see. That's exactly what I see. And if he does it, he does it. I mean, all you got to do is take three steps and just throw the ball really deep and long and let Stephon Diggs run under it. But that can't be your offense because they stacked the line up with eight, seven, eight guys in the box. It's got to be something else. Um, and I have Minnesota's defense in maybe one or two of my leagues. If I can grab, you know, Tampa Bay before the game starts, I'm going to grab Tampa Bay and stick them in there. And I guess I have to drop somebody or, you know, whatever the case may be, because I'm still going to keep Minnesota's defense. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. I do believe that, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh is going to win this game. I think all the usual suspects are going to do well. Um, I'm not looking at the receivers or tight ends that much for Minnesota. Not until I can see what this guy can do after a game or two with pressure. So we shall see. That's all I got, JT. All right. Let's move on to the dirty, dirty. I should say the dirty, dirty. Let's move on to the uh, uh, Bourbon Street and the New Orleans Saints with that recurring theme that I've been talking about again. Home opener. Home opener. And, folks, New England and New Orleans sustained some losses. New England got humiliated at home, home opener for them, against Kansas City. Now they go down to New Orleans where Drew Brees excels at home. Fast track. And Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are trying to make amends for the debacle that took place in New England last week. Two passing offenses, and I don't have to tell you to take, tell, tell you to take Tom Brady against this, one of the worst defenses in the league in New Orleans. I think he throws for over 300 and whatever yards and, and, and a trio of touchdowns. Um, you know who the goal line back is. I imagine they are going to get near the goal line. Um, and that, that says that Mike Gillisey, who I think is his really sole purpose, besides maybe running a few inside and outside of tackles, is goal line work, gets it, it visit into the end zone. Very shaky flex play for me. I think the guy here, that it's going to get the most work out of all the running backs, even though they said Rex Burkett is supposed to get some extended work. You can't guarantee that. You know, Belichick may say one thing and does the exact opposite and drives fantasy owners crazy with the way he uses running backs. 
But James White is going to be used in the passing game and in the running game, more so in the passing game versus the running game. And it's a good flex play. Um, get you get you in, in the double digit range. I think with a combination of and this is in PPR with a combination of uh, catching the football and running it, he get, he gets you to double digits. The main crux of what you want, if you have these guys, is Brandon Cooks going back. Brandon Cooks going back home uh, uh, and handing uh, um, a uh, a a hundred burger on the. Um, and a visit and a touchdown against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Chris Hogan, who Danny Amendola is still in percussion protocol, is going to pick up the slack for Julian Edelman, who went to Danny Amendola. Now is going to Chris Hogan, um, and I think he gets a visit into the um, um, visit into the friend zone also, and gets about three, four, four or five catches. 60 to, 60 to 50 yards, somewhere around there. And quite naturally, the Gronk. Um, I think he does a little bit more than he did last week, feeling a little bit better about themselves, um, being able to exploit the weaknesses of uh, the New Orleans Saints. On the other side of the ball, no-brainer in playing Drew Brees, who excels at home. Mark Ingram, Alva, Alvin Kamara. It was used a lot, out-snapped AP and Melgren Ingram, they like him a lot, and especially in the passing game. He's a three-down back, but they have a, a bunch of backs that can run the football. He's the better of the three that can catch the football out of the backfield. I like him a lot. He's a strong flex play here, and he may even run into RB2 territory. I think that's how much I like him this week. And also Michael Thomas, who I think can, they can exploit um, uh, against New England. Uh, quite nasty, Michael Thomas. That's all I got. What you got? Good news, good news, good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know where I got that from, that's Dukes of Hazard. Just a good old boy. That was Roscoe Pico trained. Um, listen, that's what this game is. Just a good old boy. It's because Sean Payton and, and Adrian Peterson, they're not happy with each other. At least AP's not happy. And I think it was a mistake to have AP sign with them. He needed to go to a team like the Redskins or somewhere else. And, yes, Case Keenum is going to start for Minnesota. It, it just broke out that that's what's going to happen. Um, so you look at Tom Brady and them. I say Tom Brady and them because Tom Brady and them is what it is. They're in trouble. They're in trouble because of three things. Number one, the Madden curse. Might not happen to Tom, but if you're looking around the team, his weapons are dropping like flies. Okay? Dante Hightower is not going to be playing in this game, from what I understand. That's their middle line. No, he's not. He's out. He's out. Yes, they're heart and soul. They had no pass rush against Kansas City and Alex Smith. Alex Smith threw on that defense for 300 bills. What do you think Drew Brees is going to do? Just tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Listen, the Patriots are going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game. And you know who's going to be a star of it? Ingram. Mark Ingram. Because what's going to happen is Mark's going to get down to the goal line. He's probably not going to get in. 
And guess who's going to get his little six or seven snaps that he said he didn't want, but he'll take them because they're going to be like six or seven touchdowns. I think New Orleans, even with their piss-poor defense, they have a pass rush better than New England's. I think they are going to win this game by at least 10 points. I have New Orleans win this game by 10 points. And Thomas is going to have a good game. AP is going to get in the end zone twice. Might not be the way he wants it, but he's going to get it. Mark Ingram's going to get, I, I believe, over 100 bills. And I 110% agree with you, JT, that White is going to be the go-to guy for New England in this game. Now, Cook, Cook had about six passes or six receptions last uh, week. And uh, Chris Hogan didn't have that many. But if you look at how Thielen destroyed that secondary of New Orleans, guess what Chris Hogan's going to do? The same thing. Problem is, it's just going to be too little too late because Drew Brees is going to put on a show in this game. Tom Brady, yes, yes, Tom Brady's going to do his thing, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I Honestly, honestly, if he doesn't find Gronk and he doesn't find Gronk in a hurry, Kobe Fleener is going to outplay Gronk. That, that, that's saying a lot in what I think is going to happen in this game. If he does not find Gronk early in Austin and Hogan, Fleener is going to outperform Gronk. Again, this is ifs and, you know, game playing and all that. But that's what I see because last week, what did Gronk have? Three receptions for 30 yards, something like that, 36 yards, something like that. This is a bye-bye-bye, ain't nothing but everything. This is a 90s game. Throw that rock around. Make it happen. That's what I got, JT. All right, let's move on to the um, <laughs> a joke of a game. And here we go again. Here we go again, man. Uh, home opener. And it's the New York Jets flying all the way to Oakland to play the Oakland Raiders. An old AFL type of matchup with characters on one end that don't even measure up. And I'm talking about the New York football Jets. Who do you play? Who do you play? First off the bat, this anemic offense, you play the Oakland Raiders defense. Before you go any further, you click that button and acquire the Oakland Raiders defense, who shouldn't with any astute um, fantasy football player should have them already on their roster. You play the, you play the Raiders in the defense, the defense against this anemic jet offense. Play for the Jets. Maybe Jermaine Curse, who I think is probably the number one, or probably the more capable uh, of all the wide receivers uh, in a flex play. If you're if you're really risking it, you want to do do it that way because you got Josh McGowan throwing the football, and I think uh, Khalil Mack and company going to eat him up alive. Or you play Bilal Powell, who didn't show too much last week but I think it's going to be used in a passing game 
Uh, he's going to use in the running game. He's going to be using um, a lot in the passing game because Matt Forte's still there. On the other side of the ball, where do I start? Let's start at the quarterback. Why not? Let's start at the quarterback. How about Derek Carr playing at home with Mari Cooper and, and Michael Crabtree to throw to? Why not? Both of them are definitely plays without a shadow of a doubt. How about playing Marshawn Lynch? Beast mode is going to be in effect. Playing at home, home opener. How much he wanted to play for his home team? You think he's not going to show out? Come on. Beast mode is going to run strong. And in the tight end position, he got some looks last week. He's going to get some more looks this week as they get more and more comfortable playing in regular season with Derek Carr. And that's Jared Cook. I like everything about this uh, team uh, and the players and fantasy uh, this week for the Oakland Raiders. Talk to me, Victor. I um, got to concur with you. The thing about it is I use the Raiders on Madden, right? And their mm-hmm. defense is, is subpar. Offense is, is pretty good. Um, but against the Jets, I, I, I'm going to tell you, JT, I really believe that they are trying to tank the season. Yep. And yep. it just started. Yep. Now, the problem with that is, that's going to hurt Todd Bowles. That's going to hurt him big time. And he and may be the sacrificial lamb. He may be the sacrificial I, lamb. I think, that, I think he is. I think he is. Because the effort they gave last week, I, I, I didn't think it was that great. Not at all. Not at all. So, um, with that being said, it's going to be a touchdown for Beast Mode, maybe even two. Crabtree gets in the end zone. Um, even the number three guy got in the end zone last week. Uh, Seth, uh, what is Seth's last name? I forgot his last name. But um, Seth Roberts. Yeah, Seth Roberts, thank you. Um, but this is going to be a laugher. And being at a couple of those games, they're going to be drunk before the game starts. They're going to be drunk during the game. They're probably going to sober up after the game because they're going to be like, ah, uh, it's not a touchdown. That's all it is. There's no touchdown. And and the Jets are just going to be not good, quite honestly. I don't think they're going to be good at all. Um, fantasy-wise, you just play all your Raiders that you have. Um, well, I wouldn't say all of them, you, but you play usual suspects. You really do. I think that um, Marshawn, after he gets his first 100 yards and – his touchdown, that might be one of the first, like, five, six plays he touches the ball. Um, then he sits down and lets Richard uh, get some run. I really think it's going to be that bad. I really, really do. That's all I got, JT. Um, all right. We're going to move quicker, or are you going longer? What's going on? No, we're going um... – I had 90 minutes. We went past 90 minutes. I don't know how much more time I have. All right, we're going to the Kansas City and uh, – um... Another home opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz played well last week. Um, I don't think I like Carson Wentz in this game. Um, I think they're going to try to get the ball to Alshon Jeffrey, who hasn't been doing, who didn't do well last week. I think Nelson Aguilar playing in the slot uh, is going to uh, continue to get touches from or opportunities from Carson Wentz, and uh, um, they're going to try to run the football with Legarrette Blunt. Um, I'm tempering my expectations for any um, Eagle player in this game. 
uh, home opener, like I said. Uh, I think Alex Smith um, is is uh, this is a pretty tough Philly defense. So I think Kareem Hunt, like they did last week, is going to be featured. Um, he gets his uh, he gets his Ben Ben Franklin here. I guess he gets 100 yards and and uh, and, a, and a touchdown. I think he's a legit um, running back. I've talked about on numerous occasions. Um, big play wide receiver that they had now that now that they know they Alex can throw down the field. Tyreek Hill is, is is used in both phases of the game, running and passing, and he big play waiting to happen. So I like uh, Tyreek Hill here, and also um, you got to play your big time guy that they love throwing to, and that's Travis Kelsey. Talk to me, Victor. Run through these real quick. Okay, um, real quick, I'll tell you that um, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, Hunt should have a good game against that that uh, Philly defense, even though they like to get after the quarterback. So Smith is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quick. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to have a, a big of a game as he did before uh, last week. But if you notice, they like to go deep to Torrey Smith. Watch that. It's going to happen like two or three times during the game. He wasn't able to connect last week. I think he connects this week. Alshon Jeffries didn't get that many looks. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. He called Nelson Aguilar. Maybe that'll happen again. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But we shall see. I think it's going to be a good game. You play the Chiefs defense, though. You do play the Chiefs defense. That's all I got. All right, let's move on to San Francisco and, and with Seattle and their home opener. I can't tell you to play anybody in San Francisco. I can't tell you to play Russell Wilson at home. I can't tell you to play – uh, Doug Baldwin, I think he goes off here. And I also, the sneaky here, uh, he, he played last week. Um, I think he only got a couple of touches, a couple of opportunities, targets. I think he gets better in the flow uh, this week. I'm talking about Tyler Lockett. And then quite naturally, he played Jimmy Graham. And I would play the Seattle defense. Talk to me. Seattle all day, baby. I don't even know who they're playing. Who's Seattle playing? I didn't pay attention to what you San said. Fran. San Who's Fran. All right, okay, listen, you normally play them tough, you know, year to year, uh, but Kyle Shanahan's offense isn't looking that good with the trigger puller of, of uh, Hewer, Howard, whatever his name is. Can't get it right now. Um, and Seattle is going to be mad and upset about last week's game. Um, so they're going to come out and try to destroy everything, everything. And, and with, with Richard Sherman out, there's a chance – there's a chance Pierre Garçon could, could go over 100. So that's my sneaky play there. Go All ahead. Right. Now we go to uh, Tennessee playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville, their home opener. Um, game of the week. Trust me, game of the week. Well, this is going to be interesting. You know, I, um, I would say play Rashard Matthews. We played Delaney Walker. Uh, quite nationally, you probably have DeMarco as your number one, so I definitely would play him. Um, but you got to temper your expectations because the Jaguars defense is no joke. Um, and uh, uh, I'm up in the air about playing Marcus Marriott. I don't think this is a game for him to play. Um, quite naturally, I don't think you play Bortles in this. I do like Leonard Fournette. I think he's going to be able to run in here. And the de facto number one wide receiver, I, I like playing him, even though I don't think he's going to get a lot of looks, but I think he's going to also get into the end zone as Marquise Lee. Um, that's all I got for this game. Talk to me. 
These are the two teams that I think are going to be vying for the uh, title of the AFC South. Um, and I believe that uh, uh, Tennessee is going to do extremely well. Um, so I have them winning this game. Marcus Mariota is going to have a little bit of time, uh, tough time, passing the rock against his defense. But I think he's going to find some success running the rock. So I actually see Marcus Mariota going over 100 yards running uh, in this game. And uh, I don't expect much out of the passing game from him. But Blake Bortles is going to find Marquise Lee, and he's going to find um, uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Hearns, mm-hmm. Alan Hearns. Mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll be seen quite a bit. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, very hard nosed, well fought game here. But I have uh, Houston by field goal. Okay. You mean you mean Jacksonville by a field goal, but that's okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah. no, 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 let, let, not Jacksonville, not Jacksonville, Tennessee. I apologize. Tennessee by field. Okay, Tennessee. no problem. All right, let's move on to um, Washington at uh, the Rams. Um, believe it or not, I think they they're going to have to throw a lot. I don't think they'll be able to run the football. Um, and I'm going to explain this a little bit more. Kirk Cousins, I think, is going to uh, get make a uh, uh, play better in this game versus what he, what happened in, in the uh, last week. So I would play Kirk Cousins against this L.A. Ram defense. I understand it's um, uh, Wade Davis. I, I mean, Wade uh, um, Phillips, I understand. And they're playing home. Uh, and But I still think that Kirk Cousins is going to have a decent game because he's, he's going to need to throw the football. And with that being said, I think you play Terrell Pryor. You play Jordan Reed, but I would temper my expectations in Jordan Reed. Um, and in the, and, and, and uh, a little bit of Jamison Crowder spite, uh, um, uh, sprinkled in there, but I don't think he – I really don't think it's Jamison Crowder's day here. I think it's a Terrell Pryor, Jordan Reed type of day. And last but not least, I'm telling you people right now, I'm telling you, pick up some R.J. Ryan. If you don't have him, you pick him up. Rob Kelly didn't look good last year, last week. Um, I don't think Jay Gruden is going to um, – put up with him not doing well this week also, even though it's a good defense. Uh, and and, and Shamaji Perrin did, did, did not get a look at all last week. I think they're going to get this kid a, a chance this week. And it's going to be obvious um, that Perrin is the play, way to go versus Fat Rob Kelly. So uh, I, I pick up Shamaji Perrin. I think he's going to get more and more involved in, in this offense. Um, on the other side, you play Todd Gurley. I think Washington can definitely get, get run on. And you play Cooper Cup, the PPR machine that from preseason carried into the first game of the regular season. And I think it's going to, as long as they stay healthy, Cooper Cup is going to be the BFF for Jared Goff. Um, that's all I got. And you play the – no, you can play the L.A. defense, but I think it's a, a shaky play. Talk to me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Redskin fan here, and I'm telling you, don't do what Jerry just said. I'm telling you. Okay, first of all, the Redskins are going to lose this game. The Rams are going to be two and zero, and I mean, excuse me, one and one, because I believe that no, no, two and zero, because they they two totally demolished Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Rob Kelly isn't the fact that he's ineffective; it's the fact that he only got to run the ball six to eight times that game. Not because he can't run or there wasn't opportunities, but because Jay Gruden called 40-some-odd pass plays. 
you you're not going to be able to run against this three four of the uh, of of the uh, Rams. Now with Aaron Donald back, no sir, not at all. That offensive line looked terrible last week versus Philly. Fletcher Cox is not Aaron Donald. I like Fletcher Cox, but he ain't Aaron Donald. Uh, and the linebacking core for the Rams, way better than the linebacking core for the Eagles. Kirk Cousins is who I said he was, a guy that can get you a certain place if you play zone on him. That means there's no pass rush coming except for four people, and he finds the person to throw the ball to. When it's man and they're blitzing, he does not do well, hence the turnovers he had and opportunities to win a game. Terrell Pryor, he'll get more opportunities. I think he'll catch the ball better. But I'm telling you, against his Ram defense in L.A., I don't care if it's 20 people or not, the Redskins are not going to do well. Unless, unless they run the Rock at least 20 times this game, whether that's Samarji or it's Rob, they need to run the Rock. I agree with Jerry gets uh, P. Ryan because I believe he is the better uh, in the future of the running backs. But right now, Rob Kelly is actually pretty daggone good. They left to throw the Chris Thompson, though. Chris Thomas is the guy to get if you want to get a running back right now because they have plays designed specifically for him because they pass the ball a lot. So um, with that being said, I got to tell you, Jerry Goff isn't going to have the type of game he had the week before, but Todd Gurley, He's going to have a monster game. Tiger and Copper Coop are going to have monster games. And the defense of the Rams are going to have monster games. I played the Rams defense. I also play uh, Todd Gurley big time in this game. Um, and that's coming from a Redskins fan who's being objective, not covered in anger and frustration and left. <laughs> and, oh, oh, no. You're not, you're not going to let me live that down. Their team. You're not going to let me live that down. Not until Saturday when I have the whole show to talk bad about it. All right. Go ahead. All right, let's go to one more game. Monday night, uh, Detroit Lions visiting the uh, New York football Giants and their home opener. All right. Uh, on the Detroit side, going up against a tough defense, I wouldn't play Matthew Stafford. Not against that defense. No way. He doesn't do well against good defenses, and, and Giants have a very good defense. Uh, that, in turn, says that Amir Abdullah uh, is probably not a good play um, at all, uh, even though you may have no choice. Theo Riddick is probably good in, in PPR, but barely. This is a tough Giants defense. Um, and I don't think Kenny Galladay, who had a hell of a game last week, will not have a hell of a game uh, or a decent game against this stout backside defense of the New York football giants. Um, I think the two veterans, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, are flex plays and, and um, in PPR especially because uh, the Detroit Lions are going to be throwing the football. That's just what they do. On the other side of the ball, they had a pretty bad showing offense for the New York football giants. Hopefully they fix it. And if Odell Beckham is, 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 is starting, you got to play him. Let me put it that way. I just have to pump the brakes 
especially it's on a Monday. You don't know until Monday if he's going to play. And it's probably a game-time decision. So you're, you're rolling the dice that you have that one wide receiver position open, and Odell's going to fill it on Monday. That's a tough position. Uh, and you have to make that call. I'm not going to make that call because um, I know what I would do, uh, and I would not play Odell and get burnt and put somebody in there that I know is going to p- get some points versus having a possibility at game time Odell can't play and you get a big fat zero. You play Shane Vereen because he'll be used in a passing game. I still have faith in Paul Perkins, but not in this game. And uh, Sterling Shepard, a minor role, flex at best if you, you, you're looking for somebody to put in that position. Talk to me, Victor. All right, Jay, Tim, put it to you this way. Odell plays, the Giants win. Odell does not play, Detroit wins. If you saw how they played versus, uh, I'm talking about the Giants, how they played that game without Odell, the passing game was horrendous. They had no running game. Paul Perkins, I don't know if they're trying to make him the next Tiki Barber or what, but it's it's not happening right now. Um, New Orleans! New Orleans! New Orleans! Send him to Giants. AP, they can use a guy that can run the football. Did, did, did I interrupt your analysis? I, I'm I sorry, man. Know that. No, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. That's Red Syndrome. That's Red Syndrome. But anyway, <laughs> um, Brandon Marshall is Brandon Marshall. But when the teams know you have nobody else to throw the ball to, when you have no one else to throw the ball to, it's going to be tough on them. It's going to be tough on them. i tell you right now, I'm playing Odell. I'm going to play him. Because if Good he's luck. dancing, if, if, he's, if he's having a dance battle somewhere the week of and he can't play that game, that tells me it's time for his buddy to get on the field and say, okay, guys, I'm good. I might not be 100%, but I'm good enough to play. The threat of him on the field is what you need, just a threat, and that will loosen everybody else up. Uh, Ingram could not get involved in the game because I don't know why. They just didn't throw him the ball. But they need some help. They, that defense cannot do it all by themselves. That's evident against the Cowboys last uh, Sunday night. I'm just telling you, it is what it is. Odell plays, they win. Odell doesn't play, expect Detroit to win. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. And I'm, this Galladay or Galloway kid for Detroit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say look out for him. Look out for him. He had two touchdowns last week, over 100 yards, tall guy with speed, great opportunities there with him. Keep him on your radar as a wide receiver. Keep him on your radar. Uh, the person you might want to drop off is Ebron because this other kid's taking, taking advantage of all those opportunities in the middle of the field. Um, also, I say uh, Marvin Jones is going to have a great game. He's going to have a great game. Golden Tate, maybe not because Janoris Jenkins is going to be on him. But uh, that's what I see. That's what I got. And I think we're about to run out of time to go overtime. So. Yep. All right, people, uh, tune in next week. We do the same thing for week three in fantasy and, 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 and the real-life football. Um, 
Hopefully you got some insight. Uh, hopefully we get some uh, insight uh, uh, within another week into the football season on who's for real and who's not. And I want to appreciate uh, I appreciate Mr. FSP coming on here and joining me and taking my humble apology. And hopefully. You're not finished apologizing. You're not. You're not. Uh, you gotta whatever. Hold. Whatever. You know what? I need to I apologize. I need to call I apologize in, to in big shoes. I apologize in, in big shoes for kicking your butt. How's that? Oh, really? See? See? Just <laughs> stay humble. Just stay humble. Anyway, give me Never a call humble, after the show. Never humble. Always talk about talking. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? No, I hear What'd you say? Give me a call after the show. I got to tell you something. No problem. All right, people. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a pleasure, but I got to go set my fantasy teams. Got things to do. Uh, enjoy the games and talk to you next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time this, on the next Sunday. See ya. Nothing more but a mic drop here. That's it. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.